coming up next on the Holistic Wealth Podcast. It gives you a way to be bold and to be courageous, right, about your budgeting and your spending and your values too. It should never be about feeling embarrassed or guilty about your boundaries when it comes to managing your money. So I think this trend is great because it really allows us to put our budget into action. It's almost like giving your budget hands and feet and mouth to say, you know what? No, this is not what we're into right now. We're totally into something else that fits our goals. You're listening to the Holistic Wealth Podcast with host Keisha Blair, author of Holistic Wealth and founder of the Institute on Holistic Wealth. And now here's your host, Keisha Blair. Welcome to the Holistic Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Blair, and today we have another amazing solo episode. So this solo episode is on the topic of loud budgeting. And as usual, our podcast is sponsored by the Institute on Holistic Wealth. And you can visit the website for a range of resources and courses and everything to help you live a holistically wealthy lifestyle. All the courses are there and there's some amazing previous podcast episodes and there's a membership platform where you can join and create and start your own journey on holistic wealth. So I'm excited about this topic today because I think it's so relatable to holistic wealth and the framework. It's so well aligned. Some of the concepts, as a matter of fact, everything is basically aligned with what I've been talking about on this podcast over the last few years and really outlined in the book. If you have a copy of Holistic Wealth, I hope you have it with you as you're listening in. And even if you just want to take notes or, you know, when you get a chance to reach home, if you're listening to this podcast on your walk or in your car or on your commute, then it's great to just grab the book whenever you have a chance and go through and think about all the ways that you can, you know, express yourself through loud budgeting. And it's amazing what it can do. I think it's a great concept. I think a lot of us have been doing it. And I think this trend gives some of us who are kind of more, you know, intimidated about talking about personal finances and our budgeting. It really does give us an opportunity to be more vocal and more loud about how we budget and our budgeting and our values and who we are, you know, our personal financial identity. So it's great. I think it's an amazing trend. And so what is loud budgeting? For many of you listening in, you're thinking, okay, Keisha, but what's what's loud budgeting? What's this thing about? So loud budgeting is a TikTok trend where writer and comedian, this guy named Lucas, he started it and he explained on TikTok that loud budgeting is really a way to say no. When friends and family, you know, colleagues at work pressure you to spend money that you don't want to, then it's really being vocal about saying it and about budgeting out loud, not necessarily divulging all your money secrets and all parts of your budget, but it's really a way for us to get more authentic and get more loud about our spending decisions and why. And I think it's a great way to also educate those around us about who we are from a financial perspective, right? Because many times, whether it's family or friends, We don't talk about money in that way, right? And so I think it really gives us a great opportunity. So this loud budgeting movement 
is all about financial transparency. So whether you're saving up an emergency fund or paying off debt, or you just don't want to spend your hard-earned money on a new pair of Jordans because everybody's buying it, it's a way of saying, you know what, no thanks, I'm good. (laughs) I'm really good with you know, the sneakers I have right now. I don't need Jordans right now or or I don't need that new gadget right now or I don't need that new Aritzia outfit or that new Lululemon outfit. I'm good. I'm good. And you know what? It gives you a way to be bold and to be courageous, right? About your budgeting and your spending and your values too. So it should never be about feeling embarrassed or guilty about your boundaries when it comes to managing your money. So I think this trend is is great because it really allows us to put our budget into action. It's almost like giving your budget hands and feet and mouth to say, you know what? No, this is not what we're into right now. (laughs) We're totally into something else that fits our goals. And it can be something simple as, no, I can't go to that wedding. I can't go to this place because you know what? My own anniversary is coming up and we're already planning a trip. And so we can't do that right now. So for many of us, we have to make the hard decisions to say no to things because we have a greater goal in mind, right? So this is a perfect example of loud budgeting when you think about, you know, the fancy dinners that you get invited to or the looks vacations or the looks shopping trips and these spending sprees and you think, you know what, this is not for me right now because I have a big goal in mind. So how do you budget out loud? So taking control of your budget isn't just about how you handle money. It's a behavior change. It's a mindset change. And it affects how you talk about money with the people around you. So loud budgeting fits right into this behavior change because it's all about being vocal with your money boundaries. And it doesn't have to mean over-explaining and ruminating and trying to find the right words. It's just about being simple about your budget and the kind of empowerment right now. And it's also about being accountable too, because we're accountable to ourselves, to our goals, to our families. And this just gives us a way to do that. So I want to talk about the personal financial identity framework that's outlined in the Holistic Wealth Expanded Updated Edition. There's a whole chapter there. The personal financial identity framework gives you that framework to budget out loud. When I came up with that framework, it was because of this whole need and desire for us to have those words to communicate. Words to communicate or spending philosophy or investment philosophy or risk tolerance or values, what we're willing and not willing to do because of our personal financial identity, which is mainly constant throughout life. Like it really can evolve. And I've had numerous guests, and you can go back to like previous episodes of the Holistic Wealth podcast where numerous guests have said, Yeah, you know what? Mine evolved over time. And it evolved for the for the better, not for the worse, because I've honed the strengths of mine. And whereas I used to be, let's say, an anxious spender, I've kind of evolved into a risk taker. So there are four personal financial identities. And if, if this is the first time you're listening in 
to the Holistic Wealth Podcast, I'll just give you a quick rundown. So we have the anxious spender slash investor, and that's one of the personalities. And as you can imagine, the anxious spender, and all of this is outlined in the book. So if I miss anything, which I absolutely will, because I'm just giving you a quick rundown, you can go to that chapter. And if you don't have the book, you can just, you know, order it off Amazon right now or online or go to your local bookstore and get that copy and turn to that personal financial identity chapter in the book where I outline the strengths and weaknesses and with examples. And so the anxious spender investor, you know, tends to be anxious about money, suffers from buyer's remorse a lot, ruminates about spending and really, really worries about their personal finance a lot. The risk taker is one who thinks mostly about, you know, they're thinking about their investments. They're not anxious at all when it comes to money, only when, of course, their investments are at stake or at risk, but they love to take on risk. Then there's the minimalist. And as many of you know what minimalism is, and the minimalist is really conservative. Conservative, right? Takes on minimal risks, likes to pay down their debt. You know, as soon as they spend something, they don't go lavish. They're just simple, clean in terms of their personal finances. Don't get in over their heads kind of people. And then we have the maximalist. And, you know, their mantra is go big or go home. And so the maximalist loves to, you know, host and loves to be the life of the party and loves to make everyone around them happy. And then they tend to take on more risk. And, and tend to possibly to take on more debt. So that's just a quick rundown. Now, how does this relate to loud budgeting? It absolutely, absolutely relates to it because I'm giving a framework and I'm communicating. And once you take the quiz, so there's a free quiz that you can take on the Institute on Holistic Wealth website. In a couple of minutes, you'll know your personal financial identity and you'll know how to budget out loud in terms of communicating, not only, okay, this isn't aligned with my values, but in communicating who you are, what your money identity. So when somebody says, come with us this weekend, we're going, you know, on a shopping spree to Lululemon. There's nothing wrong with going on shopping sprees, but maybe that's not where you are right now. Maybe you're saving up for something, you're saving up for college, you're saving up for a, another, you know, a vacation, you're saving up for Something else that's more important in your life, right? And then it comes to mind immediately, your personal financial identity swings into gear. And you're like, well, you know what, guys? I'm kind of a minimalist. You know me. I have my budget. I want to stick to it. Here's what I prefer to do instead. Or you guys go ahead. I'll sit this one out. Same thing goes if you're an anxious spender. So anxious spenders tend to get really, really anxious when they spend money, even when they're in a state of abundance. It has nothing to do with having or not having money. Even anxious spenders who are in a state of abundance will worry. Hey, it's probably going to run out at some point. If I spend this, will I regret it? I've heard from a lot of anxious spenders who've taken the quiz, who said to me, you know, Keisha, like I... I'm in a state of abundance right now and I'm still worried because money keeps me up at night. So loud budgeting for an anxious spender is an opportunity to be transparent and to emphasize boundaries, especially for impulse purchases or anything that's impulsive that you know will cause you anxiety. 
money, financial anxiety. It's an opportunity to say, you know, guys, you know, I'm an anxious spender. I need more time, right? I can't just get up on a whim and do this because I will worry and I won't sleep tonight, point blank. And so what the personal financial identity framework does in the context of loud budgeting, it enables us as a group of people, as a group of individuals, whether it's a friendship group, whether it's a family group, to have empathy and to say, you know what, you're right. Like, you're going to be worried if we do this today. So maybe we sit this one out or maybe you sit this one out. You know, hard feelings, you stay home because we know if you do this, you're going to worry. You're not going to sleep tonight. You're going to worry about your impulse purchase or you're going to have buyer's remorse. So Keisha, this isn't for you. So that's what I love about this personal financial identity framework as it relates to loud budgeting. It really does give you the tools and the words to communicate. So not only about, well, you know, guys, this is my budget. That's not my budget. About your values and who you are and what the personal financial identity framework does in the context of loud budgeting is that it really allows people to fully understand. So let's say, you know, six months down the road or one year down the road, they'll be able to say, you know what? Keisha's an anxious spender. She's not going to feel comfortable if we do X, Y, Z. Let's approach it in another way so that she can feel more comfortable. Or Susan is, is a minimalist, so she's not going to feel comfortable taking on this debt. So let's do this in another way. Or my other friend over there is a maximalist. Let's look out for her by making this not too lavish because we don't want her to feel like she has to go overboard because we love her anyway. So this is what it engenders, which we absolutely need. And it's a framework. I think this is something that can make us so much more aware of not only ourselves, but aware of others around us and how our money desires and our requests from others around us to spend or to do this or to do that, you know, affects them emotionally. And mentally, right, as well as physically and with their personal finances. And that's what holistic wealth is about, because we know that money has such a huge effect on our mental health, on our emotional health and on our physical health. Like when people get anxious about money, they have physical symptoms of nausea, of insomnia. It can be really, really bad. So this loud budgeting trend gives us an opportunity to really express our humanity and to really put that into action by caring about each other in a way where we're learning about each other in a way that will help us to better understand and to better execute, right? In terms of what we ask of each other and the demands that we place. So the personal financial identity, I think, is critical to this. And I talk about it so much because I think it's the basis of everything. And it really does give us the tools to communicate when we talk about loud budgeting. And of course, the Institute has an entire course on it on the website. And as well, if you are interested in going further in terms of money trauma, then the Institute on Holistic Wealth also has that course, which I think is amazing if we want to take this a bit further in understanding not on ourselves and changing our money narratives, 
but in terms of understanding how trauma and money trauma impacts others, right? So let's say you want to hop on this loud budgeting trend. I have 50 practical examples of how you can do that right now, how you can put it into action. But first, you know, you have to have a budget. So get that in place for you to be able to hop on the trend. You obviously need a budget. You need to know how much you have, what your goals are, your income, what's coming in, what's going out. And or you can use an app to help you if you don't want to just jot that down and getting crystal clear about where your money's going and what your money goals are, because it's kind of hard to execute this loud budgeting trend if you don't know where your money's going. And secondly, if you don't have a budget and are not crystal clear on where your money is going and money goals are part of your overall values and where you're heading and part of your mission. And I talk about always having a personal mission. You want your money to have a purpose. I always say money without a purpose is money down the drain. It is absolutely money down the drain. So money without a purpose is money down the drain. And in Holistic World, there's an entire chapter on personal mission and drafting that and even having a money mission as a subcomponent of your personal mission. And in the Holistic Wealth Workbook, there's examples, there's case studies on how you can get your mission statement going and drafting that. So, you know, you can share your goals with whomever you want. You don't have to get into long-winded explanations. You just, you know, have to be simple. Hey, I have a goal I'm working towards. You know, sorry, this is kind of not in line. So, you know, good luck with that. I'm out. Don't have to go into anything that will make you nervous or make you feel uncomfortable or make the conversation more awkward. So be positive. Don't dive into any details if you don't feel comfortable, you know, doing that. And one of the things that I will say, and this is actually a whole chapter in the book too, is don't get caught up in comparison. I think one of the things that we absolutely have to get right with this loud budgeting or budgeting in general or personal finances in general is not getting caught up in comparison. Because once we start wanting to live somebody else's lifestyle or want to copy what somebody else is wearing, doing their vacations, what they're doing, their wedding ring, their wedding dress, their house, their car, that's where our budget goes out the window. And that's when we're not really embracing our personal financial identity. So the comparison game is absolutely toxic and will cause us to blow up our budget. So we don't want that. We want to be authentic and true to it so that we can achieve our goals. So the comparison game, there's a whole chapter in it on holistic wealth in the book. That's not going to be very helpful. So I want to get into the 50 different examples I spoke to you about uh, so that, you know, we have kind of like a firm example of what we're doing and what we mean in terms of how we put loud budgeting into action. So number one, and I'm going to go through quickly so you can listen in. And if you need to go over this podcast episode again and again and again, do that and write down what it means to you. And what aspects of this you need to implement in your own life. I think that's absolutely amazing. 
if you're able to do that. And the amazing thing about podcast episodes is they're always available on demand. You just go back and listen and absolutely share this with friends because I think this is something that we all need. I think everyone needs kind of a primer, kind of a reminder. I think many of us have been doing it on some level, but I think in this episode, as I'm giving you the tools in terms of your personal financial identity and getting loud, not only about your budget, but getting loud about your personal financial identity, then over time, people are going to know. They're just going to be like, yeah, Keisha's a minimalist. Why am I even going to her with that? She's not going to be happy with that. So let me go to her in a way or let me approach my request to her in a way that makes her more comfortable. I think when we do that, we become more empathetic as human beings. We become more caring and nurturing. And it's the same thing with our kids and teaching our kids to do this. It's absolutely a great framework for healing, for also, you know, talking about our finances in a genuine way, just really from the heart. So here are the 50 examples. I'm going to go through this. And as I said, if you need to jot down, jot down. And if you need to come back to this episode, do that. So number one, instead of dining out, host a potluck dinner with friends. So instead of taking, going to that very expensive restaurant, how about doing a potluck instead? Number two, opt for generic brands instead of name brands at the grocery store. And that gives you a way of budgeting out loud because if you're planning on saving funds for something, let's say whatever the goal is, then this is a way that you can do that. Number three, cancel subscription services you rarely use. Number four, DIY home repairs instead of hiring professionals. So whatever you can learn to DIY yourself, do that. Number five, using public transportation instead of, you know, using your car and using up more gas where you can using public transportation. Number six, shopping for clothes at a thrift store instead of buying, you know, not on sale. Number seven, cooking large batches of meals and freezing the leftovers for another day or even having frozen leftovers for the entire week. That's another way of saving. Buying in bulk to save on per unit costs instead of buying per unit at a higher price. Cutting cable and switching to streaming services. Number 10, implementing a no-spend weekend once a month. So once a month, a no-spend weekend where you stay in, you, you know, engage you engage in activities where there's no cost, and you just do that once a month. Number 11, purchase secondhand furniture instead of new. Number 12, make your own cleaning supplies instead of buying, instead of buying them. 13, canceling used, unused gym memberships and exercising at home instead. 14, negotiating bills to get better rates on utilities. 15, repurposing items instead of buying new. 16, borrowing books from the library instead of buying. Number 17, using cashback apps and coupons when shopping. 18, canceling unnecessary magazine or newspaper subscriptions. 19, opting for a staycation instead of an expensive vacation. 20, using energy-efficient appliances to reduce utility costs. 21, carpooling to save on transportation costs. 22, buying generic instead of brand name uh, medications. 23, cutting down on coffee shop visits 
making your own brew at home. 24, repairing clothing instead of replacing it, sewing your, your clothing instead of buying new ones. 25, packing your lunch instead of buying it at work. 26, participating in clothing swaps with friends. 27, purchasing pre-owned electronics instead of new ones. 28, growing your, your own herbs and vegetables to save on grocery costs. 29, using energy-saving light bulbs to reduce electricity costs at home. 30, DIY gifts instead of buying expensive presents. 31, implementing a 30-day rule for non-essential purchases. The anxious spenders will actually love this one. Implementing a 30-day rule for non-essential purchases. That absolutely minimizes impulse purchases. Canceling unnecessary insurance coverage that you don't need. 33, shopping for holiday decorations after the season for discounts. 34, negotiating rent or exploring more affordable housing options. Cutting down on alcohol consumption when socializing. Repairing appliances instead of replacing them. Canceling unused or redundant online subscriptions. Using a programmable thermostat to save on heating. Planning meals around weekly grocery store sales. Repairing shoes instead of buying new ones. Utilizing community resources for free events and activities instead of, you know, doing otherwise. Implementing a clothing budget to avoid impulsive purchases. Using reusable containers instead of disposable ones. Unplugging. Um, unplugging electronics when not in use to save on energy, free taking advantage of free community resources, limiting eating out to special occasions only, canceling unnecessary memberships or club subscriptions, conducting a review of your monthly expenses for cuts, comparing prices and shopping around before making big purchases, and number 50, DIY haircuts and opting for low-cost salon alternatives. And we know that one, especially for women, can be big savings. So that's it in terms of 50 ways that you can implement this. And I think it's a great trend, you know, for uh, self-awareness. It's a great trend for enacting our boundaries. And one of the things that, I also want to emphasize here with regards to the personal financial identity framework is it enables you to, one, be more self-aware. Number two, advocate for yourself more. So it enables self-advocacy. And number three, self-preservation. And so the personal financial identity framework is amazing for those three. And those three things are exactly what we want to achieve with loud budgeting, right? We want to be self-aware. We want to be able to self-advocate and implement self-advocacy, advocating for ourselves and what we believe in, our values, our goals. We're advocating for our budget verbally, authentically. And number three, we want to preserve what we have and we want to preserve our goals we want to preserve those key outcomes in our lives. Our mission, our purpose is absolutely worth fighting for. And so those are the three things 
that the personal financial identity enables you to do. Those are three key big things. And in the context of loud budgeting, so important. So I'm so happy I was able to share this with you this week because I know you've probably heard about this trend and I wanted to kind of put in my two cents on this on the podcast to help our listeners figure their way around this, how they can budget out loud and how they can be effective, how they can educate those around them more and how they can be more authentic in a genuine way, in a truly genuine way. So not just by saying, you know what, this doesn't jive with my goals right now because I want to do that. You know, you're educating those around you about who you really are, your philosophy around money, your philosophy around spending and saving and investing. And you're educating them for the long haul. You're not just saying, well, it ain't in my budget right now. Sorry, no thanks. You're saying, you know what? When you come to me, you're saying this indirectly. When you come to me, you know who I am. So be prepared to come to me in a way, right? That honors who I am. That honors me so that, you know, we can have this more deeper, meaningful, effective relationship. And, you know, I had this previous podcast episode when we spoke about having a couple's money date night or even just date night for yourself. This all ties into it and in terms of how we communicate. And it really makes our relationships deeper, more meaningful, more loving and caring. And it really makes for that lifelong enriched experience with our relationships, which is such a key part of holistic wealth. And I think with doing that and honoring each other in that deep and meaningful way, our lives become so much more enriched and we're actually making more deposits to our holistic wealth bank account and not withdrawing. Because when we make requests from each other that are not aligned, it tends to feel like a withdrawal, right? When somebody comes to you each time and they're like, you do this to me time and time again, and you know it gets on my nerves. We do less and less and less of that over time with each other because we know who we are. Because now we have a framework to operate from. We have an operating system. So we know what we're doing. So guys, have a great week. It's Black History Month. I'm excited about Black History Month. We've had so many guests on the podcast who spoke about issues, important issues relevant to Black history. We have Global Holistic Wealth Day coming up on April 9th, which is an amazing observance day in terms of holistic wealth. And I know for many of you listening from all over the world, all over the globe, you can get involved in your communities. You can absolutely do something on Global Holistic Wealth Day during Global Holistic Wealth Week that is meaningful for you in your life. Tag us on social media. Tell us what you're doing from wherever you are in the world. And if you want to participate in a deeper, meaningful way, whether you're a brand listening in, an individual, just shoot an email to info at KeishaBlair.com. We're onloading partners for Global Holistic Wealth Day. You'll hear more coming up about our amazing partners partnering with us for Global Holistic Wealth Day. I'm so grateful for the ones who've been so 
so easy, who've been coming on board and partnering with us for Global Holistic Wealth Day. So have a great week, everyone. Love you all. I want to hear about your loud budgeting and especially in the context of your personal financial identities. I want to hear about that. So reach out to me uh, via email or by DM, whichever way you feel is works for you and let me know. And if you're listening into this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, just leave us a review. Reviews help other people discover this wonderful podcast and this wonderful message of holistic wealth. And again, have a great week, guys. Love you all. Until next week, take care. The Holistic Wealth Podcast with Keisha Blair is brought to you by... Have you joined the Institute on Holistic Wealth? If you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Choose your membership plan at the Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to join. As a member, you'll get access to free worksheets, advice, coaching, and an intentional design workshop. As you start to live a more holistically wealthy lifestyle, you'll want to stay for a very long time. So go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to join. If you haven't read the book yet, pick up a copy of the award-winning best-selling Holistic Wealth 36 Life Lessons to help you recover from disruption, find your life purpose, and achieve financial freedom. 